This episode of the Your Twin Soul Journey podcast was originally posted to the Card Reading Queen YouTube channel. You can find the original episode by going to cardreadingqueen.com slash YouTube. Make sure you subscribe while you're there so we can stay connected. Hey there, Sovereigns. Monica Grace from cardreadingqueen.com here. Today's content is how generational healing works on the twin soul journey. And I'm also going to give you a really simple analogy to talk about um, why it's important to your twin soul journey. So I'd love to tell you now how you can get and stay connected to cardreadingqueen.com and myself, Monica Grace. Go to facebook.com slash cardreadingqueen, cardreadingqueen.com slash YouTube, instagram.com slash cardreadingqueen, twitter.com slash monicagracecrq, pinterest.com slash cardreadingqueen, dailytwinsoul.tumblr.com, and linkedin.com slash company slash cardreadingqueen. Additionally, we have a lot of freebies that we talk about in our content, both in this content and other um, pieces of content. So if you'd like to get in on any of those freebies, go to cardreadingqueen.com slash freebies. There you'll find a list of all our freebies. You can just look at the one you want, sign up for it using your email address, and we will send it to you in your inbox completely free. So let's talk about how generational healing works on the twin soul journey. And I'm going to tell you a little story about how I got interested in this topic. So um, I recently had a child, as um, I talk about on this content all the time, um, but basically I had gotten some help from um, my child's grandparents to watch watch my baby while I do work and everything. And now I'm recording this video and this content during um, the COVID-19 pandemic. So I actually don't have that same help right now. But at the time I had a bunch of help and I was getting, you know, like 20 hours of essentially free babysitting per week. And so my husband was um, very kind of aggressive about this. And he was just telling me that I should really be appreciative of the childcare help I'm getting. Um, And he was very kind of insistent about it and almost like he didn't think I was appreciative or he didn't think I was expressing my appreciation enough. Um, And of course, this just triggered the F out of me. So I'm not going to say the F word, but um, it really, really was triggering me. Um, So what was happening is I was... Um, I was just feeling a lot of patriarchal wounding. This is something that is very common for me a lot of the time. I feel this. Um, I grew, you know, I think I've, I I won't get into why, um, or maybe I will throughout the video, but basically patriarchal wounding, um, wounding between specifically the masculine and the feminine, it's just something that I'm attracted to, that I've been attracted to all my life. And I have a lot of healing to do around still. So for me, I was like, well, why is he on my case? Like last time I checked, this was both of our child. (laughs) You know, this is, this is his child too. He's also going to work and getting the same childcare. So why am, why is it like, um, that I need to be appreciative? Why isn't he appreciative of what we're getting as well? Or why can't we be appreciative together? Um, and so this this kind of became a, not an argument, but just a very, like, 
kind of bickering back and forth between us um, while this was happening. And this has been, you know, we've eradicated this at this point, but this was really triggering me (laughs) at the time. So, um, and what it was triggering specifically is um, I felt like he was saying that I was not worthy or deserving of the help I was getting. Um, And, you know, I was using that time to work on my business um, and specifically this business, my card reading queen business. Um, I was also working on my other business, which is um, it's called The World Needs Your Book. And so you can Google it if you're interested. But um, that's that's my first business. This is my second business. Um, But I was really just feeling like, am I not worthy? Am I not deserving? And then it was, for me, it always goes to my business. Like, does he think my business sucks? Like, is it, is it not important to him? It's not as important as his businesses. Um, Both me and my husband are entrepreneurs, by the way. So we both have businesses that we work on. Um, And I was just, I was just getting very triggered by it. Uh, So then, um, it, of course, then went all the way to, does my husband not value me? Does he not value the work I'm doing? Does he not value all the hours I already give to our child, to our home? And it just kind of went on from there. So you can see how this, you know, something really simple, just a comment can really go deep into your wounding. Um, and so these are things that I still have wounding around and that I am still working on personally um, as we are all working on wounding and it's, it's totally okay. I, I have, um, I personally, some people feel blame and shame when they find their wounding. I personally love it because I'm like, great, let's bring this from the subconscious to the conscious because I have the tools to heal this when it's conscious to me. So it's like a great thing for me. Cause I'm like, I know exactly how to handle that. Um, it's when I don't know my wounding that I feel very like, um, just like shaky and kind of ungrounded. So, um, you know, then I kind of went into the generational wounding of this piece, um, which is, you know, and it's interesting because it was actually um, his, so his mom, um, my husband's mom, so my child's grandparent and my mother-in-law was um, watching my child. And I felt like he was trying to say I wasn't appreciative. Like he was more appreciative of his mom than I was, um, was kind of what I was getting from that. And I was asking him, like, how can you be appreciative of your mother? You're so appreciative of your mother, but you are not appreciative of the mother of your child. And so I was like getting really into this. Um, And then I was, um, you know kind of, um, kind of going deeper into that, basically. Um, then I, you know, I got into like, how can I be appreciative of my mother, of his mother, if I don't appreciate myself? Cause I was kind of mirroring this back to myself. Um, and then I realized like, wow, this, you know, this appreciation that he has for his mother, it's not, um, it's not transferring to his wife in the same way. And that could be, you know, it could be like generational basically. Um, cause I realized like, well, how can I appreciate the father of my son if I don't appreciate my father, um, as well? So I was, I was kind of, um, you know, I was kind of going through like all these different scenarios and trying to understand like, um, 
how this appreciation moved through the generations. So anyway, what I realized is that, of course, the, it's always this way, is that any, um, any appreciation you have for um, anyone, like your, your mom or your dad or whoever, um, that's the appreciation you need to have for everybody. Like everybody deserves the same appreciation, whether they're, and, and when I say appreciation, I really mean love. Um, so it's really this idea that if you love anybody, then that love should be able to extend to everybody. Um, and I kind of went down this rabbit hole with this. So that, that's the background of this uh, content. And so I'll talk about what this generational healing looks like on the large scale. Um, basically, and I'm looking at this from, um, from like a literal generation. Uh, so here in the U.S., we have labels for our generations. So the oldest generation in our, um, in our country right now is the boomers, or, or the oldest that's like, you know, um, there, there's like a slightly older generation. I think it's called the great generation. Um, it's like the World War II generation. So then the boomers are, you know, basically after World War II, um, and they're kind of like the ones in charge here in my country in the U.S. right now. So then below that we have Gen X and then we have the millennials, which is me. Um, and we were also we were called Gen Y, but, you know, we're kind of <laughs> we kind of believe we're special, I guess. <laughs> um, so we changed our name to millennials, I think. And then below us is Gen Z. So you can see they went from Gen X to Gen Z. Um, but really, we, millennials were Gen Y, um, but we just we just wanted a better name. We wanted to name ourselves. And then after the Gen Z generation is actually the alphas, um, and that's the generation that um, my child is in. So kind of interesting. And that's like basically um, at the time of this recording, that's like six years old and under. So I believe that every generation heals something big to better the planet. Um, and even even the boomers, I know people, people in the U.S. don't like the boomers right now, but they definitely have healed quite a bit um, to better the planet. So um, w the way I think about this is that the next generation is building off of whatever has come before them um, in terms of healing. So, um, and then my other belief is that few generations are truly destroying things. They merely leave things that they inherited unhealed. So the boomers right now, I feel, are getting blamed for a lot of um, challenges around capitalism here in the U.S. And if, you, if you're outside the U.S., I apologize. I, I really only know the generational wounding for the U.S., so I can't speak to generational wounding outside of this country. Um, but... Basically, right now, for our oldest um, generation, we basically feel that they, um, or, or a lot of people feel, not everybody, but there's um, a lot of question around, like, did they go, like, very hyper-capitalism on us um, and kind of go a little too far on the capitalism side um, and to the point of, like, um, just believing so deeply in profits at the expense of people, and uh, I think that's not really true of the boomers, though. I think it's actually that that has always, you know, I think they kind of inherited that wounding from earlier generations. 
And it's not that they created that wounding, it's really that they um, inherited it and they left it unhealed. Um, and so I believe that all wounding comes down from, you know, the generation or the generations before. And then progress is made as each generation heals the wounding they have received. So that's how the world moves forward. Um, but then there's lots of wounding that remains for the next generation to heal. Um, so I'll talk about the patriarchy as an example. Um, uh, patriarchy has been a big wounding in my country. And I think, you know, around the world, but um, very much so in my country specifically. Um, and it's just this idea, you know, we the country was born from um, puritanical beliefs, really, um, and Protestant beliefs. And, you know, the idea was that there was a hierarchy. Um, masculines were considered at the top of the hierarchy and then feminines at the bottom. Um, and masculines were considered to essentially rule over feminines. And this this played out across, you know, it played out across race. Um, but I'm just going to speak specifically about gender. So this was this has been a, a wounding for a very long time. And it's a wounding that I see within my own family. It's a wounding that I see um, at the larger scale. And my generation, which is the millennials, we are the ones who are kind of... Um, finishing up the healing, I would say. So every generation before us has um, moved, you know, women's rights forward or moved, I guess I'll say the feminine's rights forward. I know not all women and men are masculine and feminine, respectively, but just for the purpose of this, um, basically the, the um, biological gendered woman, um, I'm kind of considering the feminine or representative of the feminine. So anyway, my generation is healing this kind of for the, it's it kind of finishing up the healing of it. Um, and what it is, is, um, you know, every generation has moved the women's rights movement forward. Uh, my generation with the Me Too stuff and like just with um, focusing on that gender equality, uh, we are the ones healing it. So, but we have, we are leaving another wounding. So um, basically with this, we are kind of, um, we're kind of going to the darkest corners of this um, regarding the patriarchy. So, you know, originally the patriarchy was like, women need to be able to work. Um, women need to be able to, to open credit cards. Women need to be able to open bank accounts. Um, this, this is kind of how, um, how, past generations have healed it and my generation is um so it's like on the surface everything looks healed but my generation is saying like look we're gonna go deep into this and talk about um like rape culture we're gonna talk about the porn industry we're gonna you know we're gonna go deep into like the parts of this that are not healed that are in the shadows but we, we, the only reason we're able to do that is because of all the generations before us who have healed the stuff that was much more um, out in the open and in the light. So now let's look at another wounding, which is around the environment. Every generation up until now has tried to do their part to heal the environment. And for the most part, it has not worked. So, um, you know, in the 80s, I know when I was growing up, we had this movie called Ferngully that was all about 
healing the environment. Um, and then, you know, we, we definitely taught, we were taught like reuse, recycle, um, kind of the three R's, I guess. I can't even think of the third R, um, but we had that. Uh, so we had like all these campaigns to help us improve the environment. And I can't say my generation has really done much still to improve the environment. Um, it doesn't seem like it's a wounding that we are, that my generation is going to heal. But what's happening is that this next generation, um, which is Gen Z, they are pretty much going to heal the environment. And the reason why, you can kind of see this, the reason why is because um, in order to heal the environment, you have to heal equality first, um, or inequality first. So you can't, you can't heal the environment without healing inequality. And, um, and inequality existing in many forms, like capitalism here in the U.S., which I, I, it's not really capitalism, it's really hyper-capitalism. So um, capitalism kind of at all costs, including people. Uh, there's a lot of inequality around that. And um, healing the environment is really about saying like, hey, we're all in this together. Um, without that belief, without that understanding, you have people within the society that are saying, well, this rule doesn't really apply to me. So you have companies, for example, here in the U.S. that are saying, like, I can take as much as I want from the environment because nobody's going to tax me on it. I don't have to pay for it. Um, it's pro it's profitable for me. So if it's like profits on any cost, it's like, well, it doesn't matter if I'm actually taking from humanity by taking from the environment, I'm able to do that because, um, you know, I'm not gonna, like I can, it makes me more profitable. Uh, so that's where the inequality is really existing. And it's also, you know, the patriarchy is part of that. Like how can, you know, how can, if you're, um, if you believe that you are more valuable than other people, um, then you are less likely to <laughs> contribute to like a, um, like you're less likely to cut back, for example. Um, so if you're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm like a, you know, I, I, um, I'm above other people, so they can, you know, go without paper plates, but I'm going to use paper plates, for example. Or even if you're like, well, you know, we can afford lots of toilet paper, so I'm going to use as much toilet paper as I want, and others, you know, are not going to have enough, or whatever whatever it might be. Anyway, inequality is um, something that needed to be healed before the environment could be healed. And so now Gen Z is able to heal the environment, but only because the generations before them healed this inequality. Um, the other thing I wanted to say about this that is relevant is Gen Z does not really see gender. I've noticed this about their um, their generation. So Gen Z, they're pretty much like teenagers going into their 20s uh, right now, but they don't see gender. So there's a lot of um, just gender fluidity and like there, there's just nothing like gender is just not an issue for this generation. Whereas for my generation, the millennials, which is just a little bit older than them, we're kind of in our, you know, tw like late 20s, early, late 20s, 30s, or early 40s. Uh, gender is still a kind of a big deal for my generation. Um, but Gen Z doesn't have that because they've, 
Like, it's already been healed for them, so they don't even need to worry about gender, and they're able to then go on to worrying about the environment. So um, that's how it works on the large scale. Let's talk about how it works on a smaller scale. Um, so this is something that I've heard before from people who do um, like family constellations work. They talk about healing things seven generations forward and seven generations back. And so I wanted to kind of explain that. So you don't pass wounding down to the next generation when you heal. Um, so basically anything that I heal as a, as just like a person in, you know, in my um, generational line, that's something that I will not pass on to my child, to my son. So he is not going to have to deal with that wounding. Anything I don't heal, I could pass on to him. So then he would have that wounding. He would inherit that wounding to heal. And it's the same for my father, or sorry, for my, for his father, my husband. Um, so when you heal, so you don't pass it down to the next generation, which means they can't pass it down either unless they pick it up from somewhere else, but you don't pass it down. And then by, so that's a seven generations forward piece, but then by healing yourself, you also heal it seven generations back. And so this was a little bit trickier for me to understand. But basically, um, you're acknowledging and validating the previous generation's wounding, and then you're modeling a healed mode of operation. And so this has been really interesting for me with my child because I've spoken to like my mother and my mother-in-law, for example, um, and they they like watch me as a mother and they're like, wow, like you know, Patrick, like really Patrick's my husband, Patrick like is really involved in your child's, um, caregiving, even, you know, even as like a working father, you know, and he, like he, he's like so involved, like he's changing the diapers and he's doing this and that. And they were kind of like, you know, from my generation, like men just didn't really do a lot of that stuff. Like men didn't change diapers very often. Men didn't do a lot of the feeding. Um, they didn't make a lot of the decisions where, you know, my husband, um, and this, this is kind of a requirement for me, but my husband, he's very involved in our kids, um, everything. Like he takes, like, um, he recently took our kid to a doctor's appointment by himself, which is kind of unheard of. And people were like, why, you know, like, why didn't you go? Um, and, and the reason, like, normally we both go, but um, right now with the COVID-19 pandemic, we only one of the parents could go. But he went to, um, he went to an appointment with uh, our son by himself and, like, you know, talked to the doctor and was going over, like, the baby's sleep schedule, the baby's eating schedule, the baby's teething, you know, going over all the problems. And that's not really something that... Um, some men in the previous generation have had done. Um, so like my mom and my mother-in-law, they're able to see me and they're acknowledging like, it's an acknowledgement of, Hey, like that really wasn't like that great. You know, like I accepted it because that was what was common during that time, but that wasn't, what, um, that wasn't really the greatest thing or like, I was really hurt and upset by that, but I wasn't able to say anything at that time, 
but now I can see that this has changed. Um, so I experienced a lot of that. And then I even talked to my grandmother and she was saying the same thing. She was like, you know, like men today are so involved, like right when the baby is born. Um, and they're, they're like just so much more hands-on than they were in her time. Cause in her time it was like, you know, like the dad was like out the door to work and, she she did everything for the kids um and they and then she wasn't allowed to work is the other thing she wasn't she wasn't out there working um so it's uh it's really interesting and she was just she just like um she was just saying like it's really there's just so much more opportunity for women and so that's how it's healing to the previous generation because they can see like it like basically validates their pain and their wounding and then it models this new um, healing for them. And so they feel it's like still very healing, even though um, they they aren't able to experience it. So it's very healing to all. And then the previous generation can see that their children and grandchildren are not um, inheriting that wounding. So that it's like um, it's like they see that their children and their grandchildren have better are having better lives than they felt they had. So it's pretty cool. So um, that's how generational healing works. Let's talk about how it plays out on the twin soul journey. And I wanted to show you guys this wounding tree. So if you are listening to this on the podcast, you um, may need to go to cargreenqueen.com slash freebies. You can look for the wounding tree. Um, and I, there's um, an image of it that you can check out. Um, but basically, the idea here is um, it's... It's an analogy. So at the bottom, at the trunk, is um, your creator and yourself. And then uh, it goes upward um, toward the middle of the trunk is like parents. And then I also have grandparents there because they didn't really fit anywhere else. So you kind of have to adjust that to like, but basically it's this category of um, who took care of you at like your youngest age, your most impressionable ages. And then you look at the largest branches and you have, you know, bosses, teachers, exes, best friends, siblings, maybe a church if you went to a church when you were younger. And then um, at the, you know, at the most, um, the furthest out branches, you would have your coworkers, your peers, um, any casual relationships you had, dates, hookups, acquaintances, friends maybe like uncles, aunts, cousins, like anybody in your extended family, um, maybe your pastor or your religious community, um, or people you went to church with if you went to church. The idea here is that, um, so the first thing I want to say about this is this is why generational wounding is so important because um, the way we teach healing these days, it's basically... You can heal what what is right in front of you. So you can heal the trigger that's right in front of you. So let's say you go to work and your coworker is annoying you. He keeps like tapping his pencil and like he tells these really lewd jokes and it's just triggering you. So you can heal your upset with that coworker. And what it does, it basically just um, snaps a twig off of the tree because you you don't have a close relationship with this coworker. Um, so, you know, you heal it. That's great. It kind of like snaps the twig off the tree. That coworker vibrates out of your, 
out of your um, reality or you're like fine with them, one of the two. Um, but so, so, and all of that's great. So that's like working at the edges of the tree, but you can also do healing where you go to the source. So you can go back to, um, not just your coworker, but maybe you go to, um, your best friend who also tells lewd jokes and you look at that and say like, well, why is this triggering me? And so you work on it there and then you are able to, um, you make things right with your best friend and then you're able to kind of like break off an entire branch. Um, and that branch has a ton of twigs on it. Um, so that was like a ton of coworkers and a ton of people, you know, a ton of like annoying people on Facebook who post things, who post lewd jokes or whatever. Um, and so you're able to break off the wounding at the branch as opposed to at the twig. Um, and then if you go back even further, you know, you can do like, um, and basically the trunk is going to be your creators. So this is like anybody who caregive to you when you were younger. It could be like a, an older sibling. If, if you had a sibling who was in charge of you, it could be you know, it's, it's probably your parents, um, could be adoptive parents, you know, you kind of have to work it for your situation, but basically whoever, you know, the closer that person is to being a creator of you, the more, the more the wounding is going to affect you. So if you go back and if you healed everything with your parents, you could pretty much chop off the tree, you know, at the trunk, and then you never have to deal with all these twigs to begin with. Um, you don't have to deal with the twigs. You don't have to deal with the branches. Um, you have peace with everybody or peace with many for the most part. Um, and then if you go even deeper, you heal it at the self level. It's the same thing. You don't have to deal with the, the branches, the twigs, anything. And if you heal it at the creator level, it's the same thing. So that's what this tree represents. It's really just to show you that the further the further out your relationship is from being your creator, you can heal that relationship, but it's really just going to be like a twig snapping off. Um, the closer you can get to that person being the creator, you heal that relationship. Well, now you are doing like a massive healing. So that's why the generational wounding is really important because you primarily, um, you're going to inherit it from, you know, your parents, your grandparents, your generational line. And that is, um, when you heal that wounding, that is going to kind of heal a lot of stuff with other people. So it's pretty cool that way. And again, you can grab this image if you're interested at cardgreenandqueen.com slash freebies. Um, okay, so let's talk about this a little bit. Much of you and your twins healing, it's going to be generational, passed down through your families because of that analogy I've showing you with the tree. Um, as you heal your generational line of wounding, you can come deeper into your union. This is because it heals, you know, everything. Um, it, heal, it heals heals um, your issues with a lot of people kind of all in one fell swoop. And then you can map out the generational wounding for you and your twin if you'd like. And you can better understand the weavings of your union, your divine purpose, and um, what your union is here for on earth. So that's that's an interesting idea if you're interested in divine purpose and that sort of thing. I do talk about that in my book. 
Um, and then you can also use it to confirm your twin soul's identity. Because what's going to happen is um, if you look at your generational wounding, if you look at your twin soul's generational wounding, you're going to be able to see the mirroring of the healing to be done. Um, so you'll be able to um, dig into this more and, you know, possibly confirm your twin soul this way. So that's how you would use it on the twin soul journey. Um, I hope this was helpful to you. Uh, you can look at some questions. So where do you see patterns of generational healing that you'd like to tackle? Where do you see mirror generational healing with your twin soul? If it's useful to you, you can check out some of the healing tools that I have at cardreadingqueen.com slash freebies. And then you can leave a comment on this posting to share your upset story or results. Um, additionally, if you are interested in this topic and topics like it, you can check out my book, Your Twin Soul Journey. It's a guide to experience eternal, unconditional, harmonious, embodied love and union with your divine partner. And you can find more information about this at cardreadingqueen.com slash twin soul journey. I hope this was helpful to you. Thank you so much for consuming this content. I am so grateful that you are part of this community. Uh, thank you so much for watching. I hope you have a beautiful and blessed day. Hey there, Sovereigns. This is Monica Grace again, and I just wanted to tell you a little bit more about my new book, Your Twin Soul Journey, A Guide to Experiencing Eternal, Unconditional, Harmonious, Embodied Love and Union with Your Divine Partner. If you found yourself on the Twin Soul Journey, you probably have questions. In my book, Your Twin Soul Journey, I take you through everything you need to know to keep your head on straight during this crazy, crazy time period in your life. Some of the topics I include are what to do if you've been blocked, ghosted, or separated from the person you believe is your twin, how to handle a twin who's insisting that you're just friends, even though you know there's a deeper connection, why your ex-lover keeps popping up in your life, and how to tell if this person is a spiritual or toxic connection. And what to do if you're with your twin in the physical, but the relationship feels complicated and needs a ton of work before you feel like you're truly in union. If you're feeling like there's a spiritual connection here, definitely trust your intuition and make sure you grab my book, Your Twin Soul Journey Today, to get clarity and insight into this unique and fruitful relationship you're experiencing. Go to cardreadingqueen.com slash twin soul journey, and there you'll find links to all the online stores where the book is available. Thank you so much for listening to the Your Twin Soul Journey podcast. See you in the next episode.